welcome everybody to Uncle Tom Talks with Derek Wilburn. Tonight we're going to be giving you the truth, the facts, what you need to know. Introducing you to the Mr. Derek Wilburn. I am that man. Derek Wilburn, your Uncle Tom, coming to you from the midst of an Alabama cotton field. You can see the harvest behind me is ripe for the picking. Actually, I'm coming to you from my home studio. And then through the amazing invention that we know as the Internet, this signal is beamed via high-speed waves up into the outer atmospheres of the Earth and back down to the mothership where it is spruced, juiced, and mass-produced by the two-time heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. And, and there then... Is the former heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. And, there... and then it goes off to you. Derek Wilber, Uncle Tom Talks with Apollo Creed spinning the discs back home. Uh, I am decked up in my outfit for the night. Oh, you can't quite see it. Tonight is the season, the regular season finale of Mountain West play and Air Force basketball. We will be there. Uh, my wife and I are season ticket holders to Air Force basketball. We've got four down low. And uh, we live in Colorado Springs, just outside the Air Force Academy. It's our hometown team. It's my son's alma mater. Our oldest boy graduated in 2018. He now flies jets for the Air Force. Not a bad life for a 25-year-old, and uh, it's our hometown team. We love it. So we are going to the last game of the year. We'll not be back in Clune Arena until next November, unless there's some October preseason games. So I am wearing right now what I'm wearing to the game. Let's go Air Force. However, before going to the game, we depart in about an hour and a half, we've got an episode of Uncle Tom Talks. And Uncle Tom Talks tonight is going to deal with... I don't know if I want to say this is a hot topic. Um, well, it depends on what circles you run in. In certain circles, it's extremely hot. And that is this idea of reparations. I did an episode of The Business of Being Black on Fox Soul. If you've never heard of Fox Soul, uh, Fox News has programming for black Americans, and it's called Fox Soul. And uh, I've been on a few times uh, here in the last month or so, and we did an entire show on reparations. It was one on four. It was me being the lone conservative against four liberals, uh, but it was live, so they couldn't edit up what I said and make me look like a fool. I don't need any help with that. I do that perfectly fine all by myself. Uh, but what I said and the position I hold is I don't want any reparations. I have no interest. America doesn't owe me a thing. In fact, if anything, it's the other way around. I am blessed to have been born in the greatest nation on the face of the earth. I have been afforded more opportunity in my time on this earth than any generation of blacks before me could have even imagined. And America doesn't owe me anything. Not a thing. And that just drives the BLM activist liberal lefties crazy for me to say something like that. Just drives them nuts that you, 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 how could you be black and say that? I just said it. America doesn't owe me anything. 
I owe America. Now, my ancestors, who were brought here against their will and enslaved, of course, America owed them something, but they've been dead for 150 years. I've never been a slave. Because my ancestors were brought here against their will, I was born in Illinois, educated in California, and now live a wonderful life with a beautiful family in Colorado. And I would rather be an upper, lower-class citizen of Colorado than a lower, upper-class citizen of Ethiopia any day, or the People's Republic of Congo, or Chad, or Niger, or Botswana, or Somalia. And apparently I'm not the only one. People like Ilhan Omar lie cheat, steal, beg, call, paddle, do whatever they get out of Africa and get here. And there's a reason for that. You want to know what you don't see a lot of? I've never seen the statistics on this, but I'll be willing to bet that United, American, Delta, Virgin Atlantic, and the rest of the international carriers, I bet they sell very, very few one-way tickets departing the United States and arriving in Africa. I bet you they sell very few of those. And there's a reason for that. I love this country. But we're going to talk about this because it made headlines yesterday or the day before yesterday. Um, uh, Apollo Creed, let's put up image number, image zero, just to set this conversation up. The Democrats have announced that they now have the votes to pass a reparations bill. This, uh, this made headlines Many, many places yesterday, the day before yesterday, you may have seen it. I don't think they do. I don't believe it for one second. But I'm going to walk us through or walk you through me being a conservative, a very conservative, very black American. And if you saw my school board speech, with most, which most people did, uh, both of my parents are black. All four of my grandparents, all eight of my great-grandparents, all 16 of my great-great-grandparents. I'm legit. I'm the real deal. I am a direct descendant of people brought to this country in the transatlantic slave trade. So here, I'm going to walk us through why I think... I have two thoughts. Well, I have two thoughts that I'm going to support concerning this idea of reparations. The first one is that it is never going to happen. The second one is the question you see on your screen right now. The unanswerable question concerning reparations is right there in front of you. And that is simply this, who pays who, how much? That question, who pays who, how much, is simply unanswerable. It cannot be answered. And I'm going to show you several reasons why, as we walk through tonight's Uncle Tom Talks, before we get to real fake headlines, show you some of why it is unanswerable and then i'm going to nail the nail this down with why i think it'll never happen and i don't believe that it ever will at the federal level now we have seen some municipalities some cities make advances toward this idea of reparations pay i think los angeles has uh, is getting close and there's some other cities that have done it or are in the process of doing it but federally the federal government issuing reparations pay Whatever that looks like, it might look like checks, it might look like a tax holiday. I mean, there's a number of different ways to chop it up. But the central question 
of who pays who how much is unanswerable. So whether you think it's a good idea or not, whether you think reparations should happen or should not, I'm even I'm putting that aside. I'm I'm setting aside my personal answer to that question, whether or not it should happen. I'm setting that aside and going a different direction, simply saying it's impossible. The question of who pays who, how much cannot be answered. And there are a number of reasons why it can't be answered. And I'm going to give you five or six of them right now. So let's roll with the creed. The number one reason or the first reason on my list of why reparations cannot be, who pays who, how much cannot be calculated is this. What do we do with people who immigrated to this country after emancipation? Right. So Lincoln signs the Emancipation Proclamation 1863. It brings the Civil War to a close. There are all kinds of people in this country, tens and tens and tens of millions of people who came here after 1863, both white and black. So let's look at blacks who came here, who immigrated to the United States of America after slavery was ended. Like Ilhan Omar. She clearly is an African-American. I mean, she came from Somalia. She is an African living in America. She's a naturalized citizen. Whether or not she became naturalized by legal processes is up for some debate. But she is an African-American who did not become a citizen of this country until the last 10, 12 years. So is she entitled to reparations pay? There are blacks who came here from, from France. There are blacks who've come here from all over the world in the last 30 40, 100 years. Therefore, their ancestry cannot be traced to slaves in this country. Should they be entitled to reparations pay? And how do you figure out who these people are? I mean, imagine the genealogy studies that have to be done to figure out all of this stuff. And the same goes. For, there are a lot of whites in this country whose families immigrated here after slavery was over. You might be one of them. You know, there's lots of people whose whose parents got on a, on a boat or, or great, great, great grandparents or great grandparents or whatever got on a boat after the war, after the First World War, after the Second World War. Europe was a was a mess. Europe was in shambles. The United States was a better option, they thought, for their family. They got on a boat, scraped together every penny they had, came from Italy in 1912, sailed under Lady Liberty, landed at Ellis Island. And, and and ended up in Brooklyn, New York, opened a delicatessen. Okay, this is the Godfather part two, right? This is how Vito Corleone got here. Millions of people did this. Millions. They came to this country in 1912, 1916, 1945, whatever. So their families never owned slaves, at least not in the United States of America. So therefore, should they have to pay reparations? That doesn't make any sense. That's not fair to them. So for whites and blacks who came here after emancipation, it's impossible to figure out who pays who, how much. Let's move on. For me, Creed, here we go. Here's an interesting one. So the United States government pays its bills out of the treasury, right? It, it Payments that the government issues to its citizens. If you get a refund check in the mail in the next couple of months, you very well may get one. That check, that tax refund check, is issued by the United States Treasury. Well, I am a black American. I am a descendant of slaves. 
I pay into the United States Treasury. I'm a taxpayer. Therefore, any payments made to me isn't a reparation. It's a refund. Right? So think about this. So what the I was on this Fox show, Fox Soul show last week. And I asked the very logical question, I think the very simple question, the question most people would have, where is this money supposed to come from? And one of the other panelists said, well, hey, they find money for these wars. They find money to bail out General Motors. They find billions of dollars all the time. How hard would it be for them to find money to pay us? Well, first of all, they don't find money. What they're doing is spending away our future. They're digging us deeper and deeper into debt. Right? They're taking money, they're borrowing money from future generations and spending it today. Our nation is somewhere in the neighborhood of 22 to $30 trillion in actual debt. Those numbers change depending upon who you listen to. And in unfunded liabilities, you multiply that number by three to five. We're somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to $100 trillion in debt when you consider unfunded liabilities. And listen, that debt is real. It's like if you have a credit card with a $60,000 balance, you can't just decide I'm not going to pay it. Well, you can, but there'll be repercussions for that. You just make the minimum every month if that's all you can afford. The people who hold debt instruments for the United States, the United States issues treasury notes, T-bills, bonds, whatever. We issue debt instruments who are purchased by investors. A big one of those investors is China. Okay, they buy our debt instrument, they buy a $1,000 bond that the United States has promised to pay back in X number of months, and when we pay you back, we'll give you back $1,050, or whatever the interest on it is, right? You get back more than you invested, that's why people buy them. Well, the holders of that debt aren't just going to say, oh, well, America's broke, never mind, you don't have to pay us back. Okay, that debt is real. So what Congress is doing is they're borrowing from future generations. So what people who want reparations pay now are doing is they're saying future generations of black Americans, we're going to rob from them. We're going to further burden future generations with even more debt, give the reparations pay to blacks of America who are alive today, and then let our children and grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren worry about paying it off later. That is the ultimate Peter to pay Paul. So I pay into the treasury. You're going to take some of the money that I pay into the United States and give it back to me in the form of a reparation, which adds on to the debt that I have to pay for the rest of my life to get our country out of the hole. It's just a, this is the Ponzi scheme. That is a literal Ponzi scheme. That's exactly what it is. That's just ya da 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 da. That's just a shell game. That's just moving money around. Payments, any payment of reparation, would come from the U.S. Treasury, and the U.S. Treasury, some of the money in there, I put in there, along with every other Black American who pays federal income taxes. So there's two. Now, let's do another one. What about whites whose families fought on the Union side of the war? Okay, now what about these people? So you have whites, hundreds of thousands, somewhere the, the record keeping in the Civil War was a little bit suspect, as you might imagine, um, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 600,000 
people, mostly men, lost their lives fighting this war. So you have white families from northern states, Michigan, Illinois, Pennsylvania, whatever. Their young men were conscripted into the army or into the Navy or whatever. I mean, they, they fought in the war. Many of them lost their lives. The ones who didn't lost their lives lost limbs. Their families endured tremendous hardship because the men was the bread owner. The men, the men were the bread owner, right? So uh, Uncle Toby, Dad, and, and Uncle Jack get called in to war and shipped from the family farm in Illinois to battles in Louisiana. That farm is not running at 100% capacity. Okay, so the whole family is suffering. And then Grandpa, Uncle, and Uncle, the three of them went to Louisiana to fight that war. Only one of them came back three years later, and he came back with just one leg. I mean, a lot of these guys, most of these people who died in that war didn't die from their wounds. They died from infection, right? I mean, this is, this is, this is 1800s doing warfare in swamps with flies and mosquitoes and 92 degrees. I mean, can you imagine warfare with muskets? You get one shot, and if you miss, and if he misses, it's hand-to-hand. -hand. And these guys, you get stabbed. You take a bullet to the thigh, you get stabbed in the buttock, whatever. Uh, you can no longer continue in the war, and that thing gangrene sets in or some other s s sort of infection. They take you back to the tent, bite down on this, pull out a saw, and take that leg off. Tens and tens and hundreds of thousands of people did this in the war in an effort to win the sovereignty, to win the freedom of slaves they didn't even know. They'd never met, they'd never seen, would never see, lived in states a thousand miles away. They did it because they were moralists and they understood that no man should own another man. Tens and hundreds of thousands of families had that story to tell when that war was over. And now, do we want to tell those families, in addition to the sacrifices you made helping to win that war and end slavery, you owe us cash on top of that? I'm not willing to tell them that. If that's your family, as far as I'm concerned, you have already paid me enough. I owe you the debt of gratitude. You don't owe me a thing. So what do we do about white families whose kinfolk fought on the union side of the war? Do they need to pay reparations as well? Next, what do we do about mulattoes? Okay, what do we do about mixed race people? My children are mixed race, particularly mulattoes, where it is demonstrable that the parent on their on the black side of their family is descended from slaves, but the parent on the white side of their family is demonstrably descended from slave owners. So what does that person do? Do they both get and give? I mean, how does that work? You've got a parent, you've got one side of your family descended from slaves, you have one side of your family descended from slave owners. If that's you, if you're a mulatto, what do you do about that? Next, statute of limitations. See that bottom one there. What's the statute of limitations? This is a really important question. 
So if we're going to say that blacks in America are owed some form of reparations pay from the United States of America, okay, both of my parents are still living. My dad's 95, my mom's 89. I just visited him with him yesterday, took him out to lunch. Both of my parents are descended from slaves. Therefore, I am descended from slaves. I have one sister. She is descended from slaves. We're both still living, obviously. Since we are descended from slaves, my sister and I, therefore, our children are descended from slaves. And so will their children be when they get here. None of my kids have kids yet. And so will their children and their children and their children's children on in perpetuity. We're all descended from slaves. So what's the statute of limitations here? Do we just pay those people alive in America today for the sins of America's past, but then no one going forward from now? That's not fair. That doesn't seem to make much sense. So how do you work that one out? So you see where I'm going with this? The, the, I started this off by saying the, the question that needs to be answered, who pays who how much, is unanswerable. So what they're voting on, what they're trying to, to enact right now, isn't an actual reparations pay, but they're trying to enact money, a bunch of your money, to pay for a study, to study how this can be done. Well, just take those five or six items I just put on the table right there. How do you chop that up? How do you make it happen? What do you do with people who are mulatto, who have one of each parent? What do you do with the millions of people in this country who immigrated after emancipation, white and black? How do you figure this out? If this gets through, and I don't think it will, but if this gets through, the amount of money, of your money and mine, that's going to have to get spent studying this issue and figuring out how to make this work is astronomical. I believe the bill they're putting through right now is somewhat meager by federal government standards. I think they're looking to appropriate between about 10 and $15 million to form a commission and start studying this. The Department of Education, when originally formed by Jimmy Carter, was a one-person department. It was a single individual secretary of education, a single cabinet position. I think that was 1973, but don't quote me. I was pretty young then. It was during the Carter administration, Carter years. Single person. Today, the Department of Education has over 3,000 employees and its budget is $30 billion. All right. This reparations commission is starting off as a 12-person panel with a budget of 10 to $15 million. If this happens, do you want to guess what this commission is going to be budgeted for five years from now? Do you even want to guess? Nothing in government, no department, no agency, no commit. This, this is here's one thing that never happens. They never identify a problem that they perceive needs to be solved and needs to be solved by government. Launch a new agency, launch a new department to tackle this problem. The tackle the problem gets tackled. The problem gets solved, the agency gets dissolved, and it goes away. 
That never happens. If this gets put through, and I'm going to tell you in a couple minutes why I don't think that it will, this thing will become a bureaucratic monster that is sucking up hundreds and hundreds of millions of your dollars almost overnight in less than 10 years, certainly in less than five, because that's what happens with government. But the last thing, the last point I'm going to make on reparations is why I don't think it's going to happen. And the reason I don't believe it's going to happen is because nobody has the political chops. Nobody has the political appetite to make this happen. Now, when I say nobody, of course, I'm talking about Democrats. Republicans aren't going to vote for this. Democrats will. And here's the thing. There are no Democrats in the country who do not have white constituents, right? They all have white constituents. We're a majority white country. About 74% of the population is white. About 13% is black. Now, there are Democrats who have black majorities in their districts, Sheila Jackson Lee and people like that. Seen waters they represent uh, areas where the, the percentage of the population is far in excess of the federal percentage, but they all have white constituents, and those Democrats who come from areas where it's majority white, okay, not the handful that have a heavy load of black constituents, they would be committing political suicide to put reparations through. They would have to go back home and face their constituents, the people who voted for them, the white constituents, and explain why I just voted for a bill to take your hard-earned money and put it into the pockets of black people for no reason other than the color of their skin. They can't explain that. That can't be done. See, a lot of people, especially liberals, make the mistake of thinking that whites are rich. Well, most white people aren't rich. Most white people are working hard and struggling right now, just like everyone in America. I mean, America, this is a difficult time. Inflation is, is running rampant. I mean, we all know the issues in the country right now. And people are working hard to put a ham on the table, to buy new shoes for their teenagers because they outgrow them every three months, like mine. I mean, it's just raising kids is expensive. Most whites aren't rich. Most whites are middle class. And so for Democrats to have to explain to their voters that I voted to give away your money, you got no say in it. I just I voted to pass this bill and the president signed it into law and a portion of your money is now going to blacks because they're black. That is political suicide. And they know it. Barack Obama was elected in November of 2007, sworn in in 2008. We had a war-weary country after the eight years of George Bush and seeing the body bags coming home from Iraq and all that stuff. The Democrats won supermajorities. It was a hammer election. November of 2007, Barack Obama defeats John McCain. Democrats assume supermajority control of both the House and the Senate. They have supermajorities. They can pass any legislation they want. They don't need a single Republican vote in either house of chamber, any chambers of Congress. Not one. They passed the Affordable Health Care Act with not a single Republican vote, and even not even with all the Democrat votes. 36, 34 Democrats in the House voted against it, and it still passed. 
That's how wide their majorities were. They didn't need Republicans to pass anything. They put through all kinds of pieces of legislation that were very unpopular, including the Affordable Care Act, because they had the numbers. And if they were going to put through a Reparations Act and get it signed into law, that's when they could have done it. Write it in the House, it passes the House, or write it in the Senate, it passes the Senate, it crosses over, it passes the other side with no Republican votes, not even with all the necessary Democrat votes. It goes to the president, Obama's going to sign it, boom, it's done. It didn't happen. When they had the numbers to do it, it didn't happen. But when they don't have the numbers to do it, now they're talking reparations. Why? Because they're throwing that red meat to their black voter base. 90 to 94% of blacks vote Democrat. So when they know it isn't going to pass and they have to explain to their constituents, their white constituents, when they know it has no hope of passing, all of a sudden we're talking reparations. And those racist Republicans just don't want to give it to you. We're up here trying. But when they have the numbers to get it done and the Oval Office, no reparations bill. This is just to keep the cattle on the vote farm. That's all it is, making sure we're, we're trying to get you reparations. We're trying to get you paid. Republicans keep blocking us at every turn. Those, Repu those racist Republicans keep blocking this at every turn. They, we're, we're trying. After the Affordable Health Care uh, Act passed and was signed into law, remember this? Joe Biden dropped an F-bomb on all of America, thinking, not knowing that the mic was hot. The Affordable, Health, the, the Affordable Care Act passed the United States Senate at 10 o'clock at night on Christmas Eve, if you remember this. That's when they were so desperate to get this stuff done. They were making senators come in on Christmas Eve for a vote. And it passed the Senate, no Republican votes, at 10 o'clock at night, Eastern time, on Christmas Eve. It was wildly unpopular. No poll ever in the history of the United States of America, there was never a poll a plurality of Americans in favor of the Affordable Care Act. Democrats wanted it. We didn't. No poll showed a plurality of Americans in favor of that thing. But they voted it into the law anyway. And do you remember what happened? Do you remember what happened? That ushered in the Tea Party swing of 2010. Obama's first midterm election, 2010, was a bloodbath. For Democrats, a bloodbath. They went from super majorities in both houses to minorities in both houses overnight. And you had people, Democrats, coming home and their constituents were confronting them in pizza parlors and running them out into the streets. And all this stuff was going on. If you remember, the, the Internet was a thing in 2010. And people had smartphones and this was going on. Democrats got bloodied by their constituents for voting to pass a bill that nobody wanted. And they paid a terrible price in the 2010 midterms. That was the Tea Party election that swept all those Tea Party conservatives into Congress. Many of them are still there today. The beating that the Democrats took in the 2010 midterms as a result of forcing through legislation nobody wanted would pale in comparison. It wouldn't even be in the same league as the beating that they would take if they ever voted on and passed a reparations bill into law. You can't even compare it. If they were to do this, the Democrat Party of the United States, it wouldn't be the end of the Democrat Party, that's hyperbolic, but it would be a decade 
maybe two before they before they recover they would not recover until every single democrat who voted in favor of reparations with the exceptions of the handful who as nancy pelosi's once said you could put a d next to a glass of water and it would win in their district with the exception of those handful the democrat party would not return to power until every single one of them was gone from office however long that takes if they put through a reparations bill they when they fly back home to confront their constituents there will be mobs waiting at the airport it'll be the biggest bloodbath the democrat party that this country has ever seen the 2010 tea party midterms will look like a, a kindergarten class president election where kids are just raising their hands that's how badly they will get beaten down if they ever force through a reparations bill without a single Republican vote telling white Americans, dig down deep, we're taking some of your money and giving it to black Americans for no reason other than the fact that they're black Americans. You heard it here. It will not happen. So A, the, the core question, who pays who how much, is unanswerable. B, it is politically suicide for the Democrat Party, and they are smart enough not to commit Harry Carey, not to die on this hill. They'll keep claiming it to keep blacks engaged and to keep blacks voting for them, but they will never, ever vote and pass a reparations bill. Thus saith your Uncle Tom. Now, we are moving on to the internet sensation that you've all been waiting for, real fake headlines. Real fake headlines is one of my favorite things to do. The producer of this show, the former heavyweight champion Apollo Creed and I, we choose headlines from around the internet, four of them, and of those four, three are real and one is a fake. All you have to do, humble viewer, humble listener, is figure out the fake. That's it. So we're getting ready to put four headlines on the screen. One, two, three, and four. If you think you know which one is fake, use the chat dialogue, whatever you've got on your um, smartphone, your tablet, whatever you're listening or watching on if you're live. Vote by putting one number, one, two, three, or four, into the chat. The Dancing Destroyer, the Treetop Lover, the Count of Monte Fisto. Creed will keep an eye on the chat. Hear me what you have voted on. And we will determine if this audience tonight is smart enough to figure out what we have cooked up versus what is actually happening in the world today. So here we go with headline number one. Creed, put it on the screen. This is London, England. London woman, mother of three, legally marries her pickup truck. So these, uh, you know, these crazy leftist liberal cities and nations that have been liberal for decades and decades, they get loonier and loonier. Uh, you can now marry your dog in London. Can you marry your pickup truck? Headline number two. 
Don Lemon. CNN has just become a rolling freak show. Don Lemon's nightmare. CNN anchor facing financial ruin as sexual assault case goes to trial. It's hard for me to envision Don Lemon successfully assaulting anyone. Uh, I would bench press him and snap his neck like a dried out twig. But it may have happened. Headline number three. Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia. Manchin joins Senate GOP to block bill guaranteeing abortion access. So has Manchin marched that far from the Democrat plantation that he's actually voting to block abortion? I mean, you can't even be a Democrat and do that anymore. They worship at the altar of abortion. Uh, It's incredible. And headline number four. Woke UNC, University of North Carolina, Woke UNC history course teaches Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor was justified to roll back Euro-American colonialism, end quote. Got that? Okay, let the votes begin. Creed and I are going to give them to you one more time, rapid fire. He's just going to put them on the screen. I'll read them, and then we'll start revealing which is true and which is fake. Okay, headline number one. Here we go one more time. Pay attention, people. London woman, mother of three, legally marries her pickup truck. Hope it was a Dodge. Headline number two. Don Lemon's nightmare. CNN anchor facing financial ruin as sexual assault case goes to trial. Headline number three. Manchin joins with Senate GOP to block bill guaranteeing abortion access. And headline number four. Woke UNC history course teaches Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor was justified to roll back Euro-American colonialism. Close quote. There they are. One, two, three, four. Stick it in the chat. Creed, let me know if we got a couple votes. Sometimes, some nights we get a vote or three or four. Some nights we get 10 or 20. Some nights we get none. I don't know. It's looking like mostly fours and twos right now. Fours and twos. All right. Get your votes in in the next six, five, four, three, two, one. All right, fours and twos. No votes for number one or number three. Is that right? As of right now, yes, sir. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let's do that first then. So put headline number three on the screen before the image. Let's show everybody the headline one more time. Nobody voted for number three. Number three is Joe Manchin joins with Senate GOP to block bill guaranteeing abortion access. Let's show the people image number nine. This is true. Uh, Manchin, the, the, the Democrats are going to have hit. They're going to put a hit out on this guy. Um, guaranteeing abortion. You know, ab- abortion. Why does abortion occupy this unique space in the world of, quote, health care, unquote? Right? It's a cult. Why do Democrats, look, a relatively small percentage of the population needs abortive services. Right? Only women, so that's 50%, 
half of the population, and only women of childbearing age, so only women between 12, 13 years of age and 40, 45, you know, whatever, so a subset of a subset. Everybody, need, everybody has teeth, most people anyway. Everybody has eyes. Why aren't they in favor of free dental care for everybody or free eye exams? Why is it abor Why does abortion sit in this sole category of medical procedures that has to be protected at all costs, that we have to guarantee access, we have to provide public funding? What is it about abortion with these people? They don't go this far to make sure that you have access to free uh, lung cancer screenings. It's just abortion. It is a cult. Okay, so no one voted for number three. Let's put up headline for number one. Nobody voted for number one? Let's show what number one was. This was the London woman who wants to marry her Ford F-150 or Toyota Tundra or, or Nissan Titan or whatever she's got. Let's show the people image number 15. This is fake. This is actually a fake. I pulled this <laughs> I pulled this off of some uh, some Babylon B type site. Uh, I'm not going to tell you. You can read it for yourself. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. Unable to feel aroused by men, Maria Griffin married her truck on Valentine's Day. This is a fake. Uh, this came off of uh, pophangover.com. That's it. Number one is the fake tonight. Let's show people the headline for number four. So number four got some votes, right? Okay, people think number four might be real. Woke UNC professor. Uh, history courts teaches Japanese attack of Pearl Harbor was justified to roll back Euro-American colonialism. If you think this is the fake, get a load of image, load of image number 10. People... American citizens pay astronomical amounts of money for college education. People are paying these institutions tens of thousands of dollars a year to teach your children this kind of crap. Everything, everything on college campuses today is racist. It's all racism, everything. Chicken is racist. These are racist. The attack on Arbor. There are now professors, quote unquote, professors. And if they're tenured, which this, I don't know if this one is, but if you are a professor, the chances of you being tenured are pretty high. It basically means you can't be fired. Are actually teaching our 19 year olds, our 18 year olds, that the Jap Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Killed, what, 2,700 of our sailors, of our our best and brightest 19-year-olds at the time? Drowned them, entombed them in the belly of the ships they were sleeping in? Was justified to roll back Euro-American colonialism. They're actually teaching this. And people are paying for the privilege. People are paying 18, 20, 24, $30,000 a year going into debt for your children to be taught this crap. You know what? Learn how to weld. You start at $30 an hour and you don't have to go through any of that garbage, nor do you have to assume the debt. Okay? Learn how to weld. 
learn how to hook a computer diagnostic up to a car's computer. There's lots of ways to go other than going to these ridiculous indoctrination camps called universities. And that leaves headline number two. Headline number two by process of elimination is not fake. Don Lemon's nightmare, CNN anchor facing financial ruin as sexual assault case goes to trial image number eight, if you will. This really is happening. Don Lemon, that smiling guy right there. CNN is just a rolling freak show. CNN, you talk about falling apart. So Zucker, the president, he's canned over sexual abuse allegations. Uh, uh, Fredo, Cuomo, one of the sexual harassment Cuomo brothers, he's gone. Lying, cheating, stealing, got caught. You got another producer or director or whatever it is at CNN that's, got, that's, that's in a pedophilia sting right now. CNN is the encapsulation of what happens when you have nothing but liberals looking out for nothing but liberals. Just like San Francisco, just like Seattle and Portland, CNN, same thing. No conservative counterbalance whatsoever. A culture that says, do what you want to do. There's no condemnation. And CNN, like San Francisco, is what you get. You get a rolling freak show where there is no moral compass, don't put your morals on me. And if Don Lemon goes down and it costs him his job and it costs him his fortune, I don't know what he's worth, but he's making millions and millions of dollars a year as an anchor on CNN. And if he ends up going down, I will lose not a single wink of sleep over it. Couldn't care less. This has been Uncle Tom Talks. Produced. By the two-time heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. Creed, will you do me a favor and tell these people where to like us, where to find us, and how to help blow Uncle Tom Talks up? Of course, you can find Uncle Tom Talks at conservative-daily.com, Rumble, Uncle Tom Talks, DLive, Uncle Tom Talks, Twitch, Uncle Tom Talks, and Telegram, t.me, slash Uncle Tom Talks. Don't get any easier than that, people. And if you're Apple, if you're Spotify, wherever, however you find Uncle Tom Talks, give us a like, give us a positive review, share with any and everybody, and be right back here Thursday night, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, for the next installment of Uncle Tom Talks. I'm off to the game. Let's go Air Force. Let's go Air Force. Air Force Falcons, baby. Gonna get it done tonight.